Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Shell, where there's always variety in life. Hey, y'all. I know it's been a while. Um, so, want to give y'all some updates, just share my life journey with y'all as I am like an open book with y'all. And uh, first of all, I can't say thank you enough to everyone for their love, prayer, support during these past few months. Um, as I've gone through some struggles, but please know up front that I realize I am not alone as each of us are going through something. And I send those love, prayers, support right back to each and every one of you as well um, and and hope that, you know, whatever you're going through will be okay too. Um, so here we go. I've been asked many, many times the timeline and of certain things and what happened and, and I just, it's difficult to repeat so much. <laughs> so I thought I'm just going to use my podcast. I haven't hosted a segment in quite a while. only done a few during the pandemic since I haven't, you know, been well. And this would probably be a good platform to kind of just share. Um, so here we go. I'll do my best thinking back here. So um, I, I had two different issues, health issues, COVID-19 and cancer. I beat both. Thank you, Lord. And uh, currently, I'm fighting an infection post-surgery, post-cancer surgery, so I'll explain that in a moment um, or when I get to the end of the timeline, basically. So here we go. Um, All right. Back, I believe it was back in May, you know, people always say, well, how do you think you got COVID and the timeline and all that? So here we go. What I think may have happened was the biggest, like, cause effect I can think of with the timing in May on a Saturday night. I remember being at Albertsons late one Saturday night and I had a mask on and there was a guy customer that came up right, like just walked right up to me to ask some kind of question. And ironically, we were actually like towards the checkout lanes, you know, kind of like where the magazines are and stuff. And there are these hand sanitizer um, things out like right before that. So I was so close to being checked out. It was just crazy that anyway, go figure. So I think he may have had COVID and I may have caught it from him. And the reason why I think that is because of the timing and, uh, and maybe it was something else. I don't know, but you know, I was only going to the grocery store at the time. I try not to even go to the store these days. I really have mostly like my husband, I'll tell you, we mostly just done delivery on pretty much everything these past few months since I got sick. So, um, yeah. So initially during the pandemic, as I said, you know, I was initially, that was the only thing I was just going to the grocery store, nowhere else. Um, it was Saturday night. He didn't have a mask. He walked right up to me, asked me a question. I remember backing, trying to back away immediately because it freaked me out. So that Monday came along and at the time I didn't, I didn't even think about it. You know, I kind of put the back of my mind. That Monday I woke up and I wasn't feeling well and I thought it was allergies. And I took like allergy medicine all week because I was just like, you know, I live in Texas. That's common. You know, weather changes all the time. We all get seasonal allergies, especially that time of year. So, you know, in May, um, summer and all. So, yeah, so I, I tried to fight what I thought was just allergies that week. And then by the following Monday when I did get better, I remember calling the family doctor and then went from thinking that to maybe like, I don't know, some kind of cold to bronchitis and all this stuff, you know, 
And basically, in the long run, looking back now, I kept getting worse. And um, thankfully, was able to stay at home. Um, well, a couple things on the note. One is <laughs> I was prescribed a prednisone pack. It's like a weekly pack. A week pack of uh, prednisone pills, like steroid pills that you take. So many, like say seven the first day, dwindle down like six the next day. Five. Anyway, so we call it like a week. I call it the week pack, or I think it's called methylprednisone. The actual term, I don't know. Anyway, but I call it a prednisone pack. And so along with that, I was also prescribed different antibiotics, and uh, they also gave me like double dose. Uh, inhalers two inhalers or a double dose like really strong inhalers just all this stuff you know and um in the prednisone i had to do like every other week to that was the only thing that would kind of stop my coughing my coughing was horrible um my breathing was bad initially i think the breathing issue started first i didn't have a cough initially it was more like i couldn't catch my breath feeling and then later the coughing began. And once that coughing began, oh, night and day, it was awful. Um, I think at one point I should have gone to the hospital, but I was too afraid. And I know it sounds so silly looking back now, like, why didn't I go, you know? Um, so what happened was my oxygen, you know, I had an oximeter, you know, where you put it on your finger and you see your heart rate and your oxygen level. So... Um, mine was staying around 92, which the, you know, nurse doctor said that's a little low, but it's like right on the edge, but just kind of watch it. And then one night, I'll never forget, my husband was in the other room, you know, so I was sleeping alone every night, you know, I'm sick, I'm coughing, quarantining, all that. So one night, I woke up, or maybe I was already awake, because I didn't sleep much, but anyway, it was 3 a.m., and I was just feeling worse than ever. So I thought I better take my oxygen level, you know, and all that. And my heart rate, I think, was like 118, and my oxygen level was 84. And now looking back, I'm like, that point in time is when I should have gone to the hospital to at least get extra oxygen, like an oxygen treatment there at the hospital at the very least, if not more help. Um, and I, by the grace of God, thankfully, the oxygen level went back up. I just, you know, kept using the inhalers. And I probably used those inhale, double-dose inhalers a bit more than I should have that night, let's just say. So I was so scared that if I went to the hospital, I just had this awful fear that I was going to be intubated and put on a ventilator and die. I think part of that fear comes from just everything, you know, the pandemic, the news, the stories. Plus, my own parents, you know, that adopted, raised me, both died, and they each had caught MRSA from their medical staff at the hospital. So I saw each of my parents go to the hospital for help for other conditions, and then that happened, and as a result, they died. So I think that's the other part of the reason why I was, like, you know, afraid to go. So anyway, um, so yeah, so that, that was, gosh, May until August. Then... Um, I was supposed to see, <laughs> I was supposed to get this, like, mammogram ultrasound follow-up, see the surgeon. Like, I had all this, all these appointments, like many of us, that got postponed, rescheduled, you know, because uh, even when things reopened, I still couldn't go because I was running fever all the time. I couldn't even take a walk without running fever. And that was, literally, I would just get up and walk, even just 
walk to go to the bathroom, down the hallway, and I would start to run fever. Like, it was crazy. I was always on tunnel to reduce the fever. Like, it was just crazy. So, um, so yeah, so I couldn't even get into an appointment if I wanted to after they reopened because of the fever, you know. You've got to follow the COVID-19 protocols and all that. And, um, oh, and moving, uh, going back to the illness, so I did, I lost count. I think I did at least three COVID-19 tests, and each time they turned out negative results. However, my family doctor, thank goodness for him, treated me like I had COVID-19. He said, you have too many symptoms, the, you know, the timing, you know, the symptoms, everything. He said, I have, he goes, I don't care what those test results say. He said, most of the time they're inaccurate anyway. And my family doctor was very adamant. He's like, I know you have COVID-19. He was like, I just too many similarities here, you know. He's like, so I'm going to go ahead and treat you like you have it with the regimen, the medicine. And thank goodness he did. And that's why he was giving me that prednisone so much and, and double dose you know, inhalers, and thank thank goodness, thank goodness. So anyway, um, yeah, and uh, I'll lead to how I found out for sure I had COVID-19 later in the story here, but it's kind of crazy how all this unfolded. <laughs> so then I got through that and finally, you know, got better by the grace of God. I don't even know how, but after so many prednisone rounds, I guess, I don't know, my body finally just started kind of, calming down and knock on the wood I'm I still as you can tell I get a little paranoid like I hope I don't start coughing again one day you know it scares me I had one I've had one coughing attack since everything calmed down and it was just the other day and it freaked me out I was like oh no please please don't let this be starting over again because that's my fear of reinfection I don't want another you know go through this again so and basically I was told um I had COVID-19 and also had COVID-19 long haul, or they call it long haulers, where it basically means you got the virus and then the symptoms prolong. And that, for me, ironically, when I say ironically, it actually makes sense for me because in the past, let's say, for example, my husband's had anaphylactic shock where, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, I don't want to ever have that happen to him again. Um, I've had three major times with him where, you know, call the hospital ER, all that, where he had a severe allergic reaction, almost died, had used EpiPen. So for him, like, it's it's quick, it's sudden, it's instant. Well, like, I'm allergic to cats, for example. And one time we were out in Dallas, and um, this really cute cat just, I don't know where he came from out on the street, but he just ran right by me, and I got really sick after that. And it turned out that the doctor explained to me I had, like, a prolonged version of anaphylactic shock. Like, I was extremely sick for, like, three weeks after that cat, you know, ran by my leg. Uh, and cats are so cute, by the way. I wish I wasn't allergic to them. They're adorable. But anyway, um, okay, so where was I? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll explain later in the story about the excuse me, COVID-19 confirmation. So all that happened, and then August comes, and I'm finally able to do, um, I can't remember the exact time. Maybe Yeah, my birthday was July 25th, so I think my appointments were both in August, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to think back. It's kind of kind of tricky um okay so i did the follow-up mammogram and ultrasound so technically i knew that i had a tumor but it was so small at the time i was told like wait and see approach like it might not be serious it might not be cancer but it ended up 
almost double in size. So it was still small, but it but because it it increased in size so quickly, it went from seven millimeter to twelve millimeter, and you know so almost double. You know, fourteen millimeter would have been double, and um, yeah. So so we see these test results. Then I go to so you know my GYN um, referred me to do those tests, and then she referred me to the, the uh, their she's called a breast surgical oncologist. She's awesome. I love this doctor. So anyway, she um, yeah. So my GYN referred me to the surgeon, go oncologist, breast surgical oncologist. I'll just call her surgeon for short. So she referred me to the surgeon. I go to the surgeon, and the surgeon's like, okay, here's the deal. You you can choose a wait-and-see option if you want. Like, you have to come in, like, every few months and keep monitoring and seeing how much, you know, it's growing and all that, but you'll probably eventually need surgery if it keeps growing like this. She goes, but because it's almost doubled in size already, she's like, I'm really concerned about that. She said, it's most likely liposarcoma, which is cancer. It might not be cancer, it might be lipoma. And she, there's a slight chance it might be breast cancer. So here's the deal. You've got to choose the wait and see option, but it, again, it will keep growing. And you'll probably eventually need surgery, you know, and biopsy and all that. Or you go ahead and do surgery. Now, if you do the surgery and it is liposarcoma, you might need a second surgery. If it's breast cancer, that's a whole other ballpark where you're going to need chemo and radiation for sure. I can already tell you that from from just looking at everything in your records, your family history, just everything. Oh, it's so overwhelming thinking back now. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, okay. I was like, I- I've already, you know, I've already had time to think about all this. I already know I want the surgery. I already, you know, feel in my heart that's the right way to go. You know, I don't want to prolong this anymore and just sit and wonder, you know, especially if it's cancer, I don't want it to keep growing. So she's like, okay. So then here's where it gets tricky for me where it was like one thing after another. So after I have just gotten through this whole, you know, COVID-19 battle, I now got to go through this whole surgery. And because of COVID-19 pandemic, you know, which I understand the surgeon and the hospital each had more protocols I had to go through, understandably before I would, could have the surgery. So a week before the surgery, I had to have a flu shot. <laughs> and I don't do flu shots because I have a bad reaction. I had a flu shot, and I had 102 fever afterwards for three days. My surgery, that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and my surgery was that following Monday. So that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The fever, by the grace of God, went away by that Thursday. Like I literally did nothing but sleep in bed three days straight. And that Thursday was my, the, the pre-op appointment, um, pre-op procedure, excuse me, they call a savvy scout where they put in like a tumor marker inside my breast so that the surgeon will use a wand during surgery, hold the wand over my breast. And once the uh, wand reaches the, where the area where the tumor is inside the breast, it makes a noise. So it kind of helps the surgeon, like, just be safer, you know, find your your tumor better and, I don't know, help all that kind of stuff. Well, so I go through the procedure, and I'm thinking I'm doing good. You know, they just numb it, localized, numb anesthesia. Not anesthesia, I'm sorry. Um, like, I wasn't asleep, but, well, yeah, local anesthesia, yeah, where they just numb that area on the skin. 
Um, and, uh, like, no full sedation, nothing like that. You know, I drove myself, all these appointments I had to go by myself, which it's okay because normally I'm kind of an independent person anyway. Like, most of my friends will tell you that when I dated in college, like, I always walked to the grocery store by myself or did whatever by myself. Like, I, like even now as a married woman, I have no problem going out to eat or to the movies by myself sometimes. Like, I'm a big believer in having me time. <laughs> I think it's healthy for everybody. But, um, so like, that part, it, it didn't bother me as much as maybe someone else, but it, I guess because of the pandemic, I was a bit more emotional and because I'd, I'd just been ill and now I'm going through this, it, it, it would have been probably a little easier not to be alone, but you know, you got to follow protocol and, you know, it's hard to hear that every time they remind you like the, the cancer center calls and says, you know, and come alone, no one can come with you. <laughs> so it was like, Oh man. But anyway, but it's all right. You know, again, I know I'm not the only one. And um, so anyway, Okay, so I go through this procedure, right? And I'm thinking it's going smoothly. Like that morning, it was pretty quick, and like she seemed like she only used the needle, and sometimes I have to use a little scalpel. And I was like, wow, she found it really quick, and this is great. It's over. Okay, so that was that morning. I think like 10 a.m. And then that afternoon, so I go home, I take a nap, I go back to the hospital, same hospital for more pre-op stuff because I have to do registration and I have to do more tests at 2 p.m. because Sadly, they couldn't uh, – I was hoping they could schedule my pre-op procedure at the end of the day, but the timing just didn't work out with the hospital schedule. And, you know, I had to get it done because this was on a Thursday and my surgery is on Monday, right? So I just had to go with the flow. So anyway, okay, so now it's about 2 p.m. I'm going back to the hospital, and I have chest x-rays, COVID-19 tests, blood tests. And, and then, you know, make payments to the hospital, registrations, all that stuff, you know. So I do all that. By the time I got home, I could not get out of my car. I literally had to call my husband and tell him, thank goodness he works from home, because I had to tell him to get, out, you know, come, like, log off work for a minute and come get me out of the car and walk me into the house. I wasn't sure why it was so bad. I kept thinking, you know, I'd never had this particular pre-op procedure before. I've had surgeries before, and even on my breast when I was younger, I had lumps removed, thankfully that were benign, and, um, you know, my early 20s, but this technology is different, and this procedure was the first time for me, and it's a rather new procedure overall, and I found out later, and this kind of makes sense now, the radiologist, it was only her third time to perform this particular savvy scout procedure. So, over that weekend, my breast bruised really bad. But again, I thought that was normal because I'd had breast surgery before and my breast bruised really bad. You know, for like six months, I had a black and blue breast. You know, after my first lumps were removed at age 24, I had two lumps removed. So I didn't think that much about it. I just thought, you know, just, just, just endure the pain, just get through it, just rest up and get the surgery done and get this tumor out on Monday, you know. So that's what I did. And when I went to the hospital that Monday, the surgeon, you know, comes in to greet me, say hello before we go into surgery. And she looks at my breast and everything, and she was like, like, I'll never forget the way she reacted. She was, like, freaked out. She was like, oh, my gosh, your breast looks awful. What happened? And she was like, oh, my God, it bruised so bad. And she, why didn't you call me? And I was like, I didn't know to call you. I thought, you know, it was just part of the, because of the pre-op. I just thought that wasn't part of the 
process that would happen, you know, normally. And she's like, no, this is like a severe hematoma. She's like, I don't even know if we're going to do surgery now. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, because the one might not even make the noise anymore. I was like, oh, no. And then I started crying. I got so upset. I was so scared. Oh, it was awful. And she's like, she's like, it's okay. She's like, she's like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Just don't worry. We'll, you know, figure it out. So what they did was they gave me initially only, um, I think it's called Versed. It's like, it's kind of like anesthesia, like that you're awake, but you don't remember anything. <laughs> so it's kind of like a temporary amnesia kind of effect. So she's like, we're going to give you that to go in and see if we can get the one to make noise and stuff. And if we can't, then then we'll you know we'll wake you up and tell you you're gonna have we're gonna have to reschedule. And I thought, I have overcome COVID nineteen. I went through one hundred two fever for three days after that flu shot, <laughs> and now I have this awful bruise. And now you're telling me after all these things I overcame to have the surgery, you might have to reschedule the surgery. And my biggest fear was to reschedule that surgery. I might have to go through more, you know, those pre op requirements all over again. I was like oh no not again you know like I just I don't want to go through the ringer again like please no please just please find a way to get the surgery done today I was just praying and praying and um so anyway so she's like you know you'll know when you wake up either way I was like okay so I woke up and they're like the surgery went well and I was like I had surgery they're like yep I was like really and then they explained to me that the surgeon had to drain the blood from my breast because it turned out and she showed me my my x-rays later I was like wow so or actually I think they were um yeah they were well they were not chest but they were imaging of my breast you know from that so I always got the pre-op procedure to to that day so she was able to take images and compare from that Thursday to Monday and she showed me and she goes see this thin white line right here and I was like yeah right you know by of course like where the tumor is the marker and she goes that's blood she said it turns out the radiologist cut a, a blood vessel by mistake and you've been bleeding from Thursday on you've been bleeding in your breast for four days she goes see this thin line now see this thick line see how much you've bled I was like oh my gosh she's like you're lucky you don't have a blood clot so that kind of freaked me out <laughs> so anyway um but so she drained all the blood, and then she was able to do the surgery. Actually, she told me technically she drained so much blood at a time and would try the wand to see if it would make the noise, with, you know, to find the tumor. And she pretty much had to drain almost all the blood to get it to, to work. It was pretty severe. And um, and now looking back, I know I'm really glad she drained the blood because the hematoma caused so many issues that it could have been worse if she did not drain the blood. So it kind of worked out that she did do that. Um yeah, and and then I finally got the biopsy results. I think I had to wait like a week. It was nerve-wracking just waiting and waiting, like, oh, my gosh. My husband's birthday was on September 15th, and I can't remember the date. I want to say a week before his birthday, like kind of early September. I, yeah, or mid-September. So his birthday's no, his birthday's September 15th. My surgery was August 31st. So I want to say... I want to say, was it September 7th or 8th I got more? I don't know. I'd have to look back again on the record. But I just remember how nerve-wracking it was. Just do I have cancer? Do I not have cancer? Like your mind plays tricks on you when you don't know. Do I have COVID-19? Do I not? Oh, that reminds me. So the two results I got at the same time that I find out 
my biopsy results, I find out other results. I find out two things. Regarding the cancer, I found out it was liposarcoma, and thankfully she was able to get the tumor and all the cancer out because it was only localized. Thank God it had not spread, y'all. So it was the tumor and the, like, I forget the term she used, but the, uh, is it connecting tissues? Something like that around that area. Um, So, yeah, so thank God she got all that out. And then I also found out, ironically, from the pre-op, remember how I told you I had the pre-op stuff I had to go through, including chest x-rays? It turned out that they took those chest x-rays and they actually compared them to my prior chest x-rays that had been newly, you know, during COVID-19. And it turned out that both of my lungs are partially collapsed now. And they said it confirmed um, there was like some, I forget the term, but there's some kind of pattern they could see on my chest x-rays along with the damage done that both my lungs are partially collapsed currently. And said that confirmed that I had COVID-19 and that, you know, damage it did. So I'm still waiting. Like, it's frustrating because, you know, I've been trying to recover from the surgery. It's week five, going into week six, via the surgeon for week six, supposed to be done with recovery week six. However, I had to start antibiotics last night because it turns out now, not, not where the actual incision of the tumor area, but the hematoma area, which you did on that, that, you know, stuff, oh, it's infected now. So I'm running fever. I'm not feeling good. I'm tired all the time. It's infected. So I've been doing antibiotic ointment basically night and day, every day since surgery, but on both sections of the breast with the hematoma and the the hematoma takes up most of the left breast. And and then, of course, all the incision area, which is kind of big, actually, for the the tumor was. So anyway, um, but it still got infected. (laughs) That's, like, so frustrating. So anyway, so so I just started Bactrim, like an antibiotic pill. I just started it last night, and I was going to take it morning and night, so two pills a day for seven days, and hope and pray that that cures it, you know? Um, but the other concern now, like another, I call these roadblocks, another roadblock is that it looks like um surgeon explained I may have, um, well, she said I do have granular tissue. And if you're not familiar with that, I don't even know how to explain what it is really, but I just know the cause effect for me is that it means if it doesn't fall off naturally, which it's not done much yet, then I might have to have it cauterized. And the catch with that is sometimes, when you have granular tissue after surgery or whatever, sometimes you have to go like say once a week to the doctor office to keep getting it cauterized until it's eventually all gone. Or the other option is surgery, which I really don't want to have another surgery, but I also don't want to have to go to a doctor office every week until it's done. If I can avoid that too, you know what I mean? I'm like, so I'm really hoping somehow, some way it, it doesn't come to any of that. <laughs> I'm hoping somehow, some way it just finally kills up. <laughs> on its own you know what I mean I know there was one other key point I forgot to mention oh I hate when I lose my train of thought I did pretty good considering uh, so much happened and I remember the timeline pretty well to tell you all everything but there's something about oh I remember my lungs so that's still a wait and see because this hospital it's kind of weird the hospital is smaller and newer, which was to my advantage, especially during a pandemic. But the weird thing is you would think they'd be able to just let me pick up my own records. 
they said they're only able to send a written report to my family doctor. Like, I don't know why the radiology department changed or something. I'm like, there should be a way for me to go pick up my own records, you know? And then I was like, okay, fine, just just send them. Because I was going to do both, you know, have them send them to my doctor and me pick them up. So I said, fine, just, you know, send them to my family doctor. But I really wish there was a way to get an actual copy. I guess they could email him the images. I guess how they're doing it. It's all digital. So anyway, um, so that so literally that's just taking forever for for whatever reason. They said a week. Now it's going to be like two weeks till he gets it. I don't know. So that's still a wait and see. You know, I'm hoping my family doctor and the pulmonologist hoping they'll agree to let me just do a wait approach on that because I'm not up for more treatment right now but I know the it may or may not be the next steps of medicine and possibly surgery for if my lungs don't heal over time but one day at a time is what I'm learning literally one minute one second at a time you know uh, but I can't thank y'all enough for all your love prayers and support and I'll just leave you on this because so many people have asked me and reached out how can I help you please let us know and all these things, and so I'm just going to leave my information on here at the end of this and say thank you so much, but please take care of yourselves first, of course. Um, but here we go. So my email is coffeetalkwc at com. if you want to reach out by uh, email. My snail mail is coffeetalkwithshell, P.O. Box 48508, Fort Worth, Texas, 76148. My PayPal is at com. And my cash app is a dollar sign, C-H-E-L-L-E-B-A-X-T-E-R, the number one. Yeah, so Shell Baxter, B-A, like Apple. And, um, and I think that's it. But mostly, really, prayers have been everything to me. I cannot thank you all enough for your prayers, love, and support. And uh, I hope this answers a lot of questions for you all because, again, I'm sorry. It's just really difficult for me to repeat so much, as you can imagine, because it's like reliving it in my head every time. So I just thought this would be a better way to just kind of just get it out there. So, But uh, I know I'm so close to to the end of this recovery. If I can just get over this infection next and get well, and I can't wait to move forward. I can't wait to exercise again. And take walks and enjoy my favorite season fall weather so thank y'all again love and peace this is shell signing off